0: Yes, God. Yes, God.
1: Some good friends. We actually—they're uh, one of the missionaries, one of the missions that we support—and they go to the Philippines and India and Wales, and they'll tell us about it. But I invited them to come be with us today, and there's—we have a full plate. I'm telling you, I've got something as well, but I'm going to let Mark take a big portion, and I'm going to follow right after and take a little portion. But there's something we want to pray. There's something God wants to impart and do in this place today. I mean, if you know that, something mighty. But this is one of the ministries, and we want those that we support to come around and and tell us what God's doing because we're going to keep supporting them. And so welcome Mark and Kathy Edwards.
2: He is worthy. Worthy is the lamb, and when you're getting discouraged and you ask if it's worth it, remember that he is worthy. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Pastors David and Shirley and the gathering. We absolutely love it when we come here. Um, The worship was so rich today and we are so thankful, you guys are so blessed, and we just thank you that we're a part of uh, what God is doing, and you're a part of what God is doing uh, in us. Um, because of your love, and your prayers, and support, we were able to go last year to Wales, and to the UK, and back to India, to Rwanda, and Kenya, in East Africa, and also to the Philippines, and so we are so very thankful for your love and your support. Thank you, because you know what? We do this as one. We do it as one in Jesus' name. And now this year, in just a, a short couple of months, actually March 1st, we'll be taking off again, and we'll be going back to Wales, and God has opened a phenomenal opportunity for us to plant a church in North Wales, And so we're going as one. We'll spend two weeks uh, back in the Philippines because they've invited us to come and to uh, do it. There's a Bible college there, and uh, we're going to be doing the commencement and the baccalaureate for them. And uh, this is a church that George Parrott had put us in touch with, and they're just a lovely group of people. So we're really looking forward to being back in the Philippines as well. But the main thrust of our next seven months is going to be planting the church in North Wales, so we so appreciate your your prayers and and your support to do that. Um, You know, the first church plant that um, Mark and I uh, were involved in was in Indiana in the States, and um, Indiana is the land of the Indians. Wales is the land of sheep. I mean, I am just amazed at the numbers of uh, sheep that are there. And in fact, I I saw last year a bumper sticker that said, uh, buy British wool, 35 million sheep can't be wrong. (laughs) And so it's a big industry, but spiritually, there are so many lost sheep. And I was reminded, you know, Ruth Bell Graham um, they had part of the, the, when we get to Charlotte, we go to the Billy Graham Library every time and just sob as we go through it because it is so moving and we just love going there and just spending time with the story of uh, Billy Graham and his family and his team and, and uh, the evangelistic outreach that is is still reaping souls for Christ. She, uh, Ruth Bell Graham, tells the story, and actually a part of the library came over to Raleigh just last month, and so we brought a group of people from the church to downtown Raleigh, where we're from, to see the exhibit, just a portion of what is shown in Charlotte at the library, but uh, still wonderful and so moving. And there was a little black sheep, um, and it was from Ruth Bell Graham's collection of black sheep. And she was first given a black sheep when Franklin was born. And has collected them since then, yeah. (laughs) And she said it kept her praying for her son, you know, and when he went through those rebellious years, um, she had the black sheep and continued to pray. And God is so good, and he is so faithful. Never, ever give up. Never, ever give up. Um, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There are so many lost sheep. 99% of the people in Wales do not go to church. And most of those do not know the Savior. They do not know the love of the Lord. So that's our mission for this next portion of the journey. And we want to thank you for being a part of it. We bless you in Jesus' name and we thank you.
3: Thank thank you, Kathy. (laughs) Hallelujah! God is good, all the time. and all the time. He is good. Hey, I felt you, brother. God healed me of cancer as well, and there's nothing better, amen, to say, you hear the doctor say, cancer-free, cancer-free. amen, amen. That, that is really good good to know. Well, we do feel like we're a part of you. Many of you may not know Kathy and I, but uh, one of the first things, one of the, uh, the initial construction of this building the church that Kathy and I planted in the inner city of Raleigh, North Carolina, had a lot of folks that were very skilled but had a lot of issues. And so uh, we had the opportunity to come here and do all the most of the stone fascia. We uh, painted a lot of the, the, the log fascia as part of this church. Kathy was even doing cocking. you She's a mean cocker. And we cocked, and I, but the best thing about it is, There was a man there that was dealing with alcoholism and he was shaking like this when he came. But by the time he was done doing the working and all the prayer, he was set free in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we we feel like we're tied in. That we're contending, according to Philippians 1.27, we're contending as one man, one woman, one, one, one soul together. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, before I get started, I don't know if many of you know, um, there was an American missionary, uh, and he was killed in Burkina Faso. He was gunned down by Al-Qaeda. His name was Mike. He was gunned down by an Al-Qaeda affiliate in a cafeteria across from the hotel that they rampaged. He's, He's our brother in Christ. His his wife wrote in in her Facebook page, In 2011, Mike and I left our life in South Florida and traveled with our family halfway around the world to Burkina Faso. He submitted himself to the Lord's will by dedicating the last four years of his life to advocating and defending the most vulnerable people in society. His name is Mike Rettering. His wife Amy goes on to say he made an internal impact on an immeasurable number of people in Burkina Faso and throughout the world. His legacy on earth will not be forgotten. Can we just lift up his family right now? Father, we just come and lift up Mike and Amy right now to you and all those that he ministered to. Lord, we know that the... um, Not one person dies without your noticing. And especially your servants who have gone overseas into the danger zone to bring your gospel to the lost, the hurting, and unimportant. So God, use his death as a seed to let revival spread all through West Africa and beyond. Lord, comfort his family in in the only way you can comfort them, Lord, with peace that passes all understanding. Bless them, we pray. Thank you for their testimony. And Lord, we praise you that right now he's in heaven and he's got a martyr's crown. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, Mike went into an area of injustice. There were orphans. There were people that didn't know the Lord. There was crime. There was danger. And God specializes in overcoming injustice. Matter of fact, Psalms 89, 14 says, The foundation of the Lord God's throne are righteousness and justice. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 16. Ephesians 3, in verse 16. <clears throat> Paul writes... An amazing prayer. You haven't memorized this, I suggest you memorize it and pray it yourself from time to time. It's powerful. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He goes, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul writes that we may know this immeasurable love immeasurable, who can fathom the depths of God's love? And I would, I'm here to tell you that you cannot be what God wants you to be unless you are in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're in love with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Anything else, according to 1 Corinthians 13, is resounding symbols and noisy gongs. It's ugly. We might have the faith to move mountains and prophesy all the thoughts of God. But Paul says, if we do not have love, we are nothing. I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who actually obey the great commandment completely. You know the great commandment. You will, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And the second is like unto it, you will love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know many people that obey even the first, simplest, and the, but the greatest commandment of all, and that's to love God. That began to bother me. And as I spoke last time I was here, I'm not going to preach on this again, but I'm just going to mention it. God began to work in Kathy and I's heart over loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And then God brought me to 1 John 2, 15. He says that if you ask anything according to God's will, He hears you. Yes. And if He knows that He hears you, whatever you ask, you know that you have what you've asked of Him. And the Holy Spirit began to work and says, You know, Mark, you need to ask me to help you love me. Exactly. I said, Wow. We don't know how to love. <laughs> so that's how we started praying, God. Forgive me for not loving you with all my heart, my soul, my strength, and my mind. Forgive me, God, for not loving my neighbor as I want to be loved, as myself. Now, God, will you help me love you more today than I did yesterday? Will you help me love my neighbor more today than I did yesterday? And God supernaturally began to answer that because his word promises that he will. And he began, began to change our hearts day by day. Little by little, our hearts began to change into the heart of God, where we would love Him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, that we would love others as ourselves. So I want to challenge you today. Every day when you get up, you don't need to pray it the way I prayed it, just pray it however it is in your heart. Says, God, help me love you more today than I did yesterday. It'll change your life, it'll change the life of this church. Amen. Amen. Well, God started sending us all over the world to preach a simple message. And that message is God loves you. And he wants you to love him back. Think about it. We glory in the cross, say amen and amen. What would we be without the cross of Jesus Christ? Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The greatest act of all mankind, the greatest act that God could ever do was when he died on the cross, and he who knew no sin became sin for us. But you know the reason why God came to die on the cross is so our sins could be forgiven, so therefore we could have a love relationship with him. No wonder in 1 John 4:20. John the Apostle writes, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So we started going all over the world as one. You went with us. You may not know it, but in heaven one day, you're going to heal here. Well done, good and faithful servants. You went with Mark and Kathy all over the world to preach the love of God and to challenge them to love God back. So turn to your neighbor and say, congratulations. <laughs> You're going to hear well done. You're going to see people you've never seen before they are going to walk up to you and say, thank you for helping to send Mark and Kathy all over the world. Thank you. And the same reward that we get from heaven, you get... Because all of us contend as one man for the gospel, amen. I love. Look, you're going to hear a lot of well done. Look at all these flags; it's amazing. Well, let me give you a little report before I go on. One of the most amazing things is towards the end of our trip. Kathy and I had been to many churches. We taught prophetic workshops, and this one uh, city called Holyhead in North Wales. It's known for witchcraft and all kinds of smuggling and things like that. It's the very north end of Wales. And this church was there and we were teaching on the prophetic. And about 20 people would show up, which is amazing. Well, the last day we were there, the place was packed. And Kathy and I go, what is going on? This is our last workshop day. I can't go over everything that I've just taught on. So the Holy Spirit says, well, just go on in what you've been told to do. So we did. At this point, we were hearing words of knowledge for many people, especially in the area of healing. And so this is our last workshop, and people would raise their hand, and they say, you know, I'm hearing ears. There's something wrong with somebody's ears, and that God wants to heal them. So I said, who has an ear problem? And two people stood up and we came forward. And I had the person who had the word of knowledge come forward and gently lay their hands on their ears and simply say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Open those ears in Jesus' name. And all the people started going, I can hear! I can hear! One lady says, Ow, why are you shouting? God is so good. Well, it went on and on, things like this. But then finally somebody raised their hand. And it says, I don't think this has anything to do with healing a body... But I feel there's a heart that's broken, a heart that needs to be healed. I said, is anybody out there with that? Two young girls who had never been to the workshop, 18 to 20 years old, raised their hands. I said, would you guys mind coming forward? And I asked them, each one, why are you here for a broken heart? And both of them had the same testimony, and that is, their mom had kicked them out of their house, and they had nowhere to go. And so we just—I said, let me put my hand on your shoulder, and I said, Holy Spirit, come, heal these broken hearts. I asked them how they were doing right afterwards. I said, I don't know, something's going on inside. We feel warm and we feel happy. I said, Do your heart? Does your heart feel healed? And they said, Yes. And I said, Whoa! I said, Do you know the Lord? And she and, and one of the girls says, Both of them said, No. I said, would you like to know the Lord? And she said, yes. One of the girls did. You see, when the Holy Spirit, whose job is to make Jesus known and convict the world of sin, when he's moving, sometimes all you've got to do is say, do you want to get saved? And this lady wanted to get, this young lady wanted to get saved. And so we prayed for her to receive Christ. And she got saved right in that prophetic workshop. And then the other girl goes, the other girl goes, I said, do you want to get saved? She goes, I'm not sure. I said, do you believe Jesus Christ is Lord? And then he died on cross for, you. for your sins. And she said, I'm not sure. So I just say, Holy Spirit, make Jesus real. And so the workshop went on. And, and then afterwards, Kathy and I wanted to prophesy over everyone there. And she came up towards the end. She was with her friend who brought her. And they were so excited. She said, guess What? What? She, my my friend, asked me to receive Christ, and I prayed with her, and she got saved as well. Amen. We did that as one, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We did that as one. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, then we went to uh, West Africa. Excuse me, East Africa. We were in Kenya, and we were uh, white people bringing the gospel. Are called Mazungos. We were Muzungos, and during the preaching, we had words of knowledge. There was a crowd of about four or 500 Africans there, and Kathy and another guy that we came with just started, as we called out words of knowledge, started calling, walking through the uh, area, and people started getting healed. It was an amazing move of God. And the next day, there was a buzz around town that these weren't normal Muzungos. They had the fire of God on them. Amen. We did it as one. And Jesus Christ was glorified. And this one church in, in Old Colon, um, which is a city right side, but in, in, or North Wales, there's a church called Old Cohen English Baptist Church. And we, we, they wanted us to come in and do a prophetic workshop. Well, the first thing we did was talk about commitment to Christ and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And everybody in that workshop got baptized in the Holy Spirit on the first night. Amen. And then, and then, as well, we were in Nadura, Kenya, and we were teaching a group of people whose job it was to bring reconciliation between the warring tribes. It's called Way of Peace. We taught them how to hear from God. We had a prophetic roundtable with those leaders, and those leaders started giving words of knowledge as to what God was showing them. And it, they were knitting together a tapestry, and a picture was drawn. And their, their destiny or their assignment for the next three or four years was laid out at that prophetic roundtable table. They're going to build a big white house, and in it, they're going to ask all the warring chiefs to come, and they're going to treat them like um, kings and queens to bring reconciliation in the name of Jesus to all these different crowds. We did this all as one. Praise the Lord. And then Kathy talked about how we had an amazing church plan opportunity. There's the churches there. There's a churches are closing, There's something wrong with the church model in Wales. It's going down. People, most of the churches are gray-haired. There's nobody taking their place. Church buildings are being sold. They're in prime areas of real estate, and they're being sold, and many of them are becoming bars, places of godlessness. And so there's this one building that at this old Colin English Baptist church that they owned that they were going to sell on January 1. It's in a place called Clandidno. There's about 25 to 30,000 people just in this one area and maybe 200, 250 Christians among all those people. And they're set the building. They're saying they're going to put it on sale January 1. Well, God had us talk with this couple... At a Starbucks, we just were talking, and the Holy Spirit led the the conversation to be, you know what, Mark and Kathy, aren't you church planters? Yes. How about you give a go at replanting this church so that we don't have to sell it? So we began to pray, and we even came back to the States, and we began to pray, and God began to open door after door after door. And Lori, you're the head of the prophetic team. We were here at the MFC Conference. You know the, the the nail that sealed it all was when we came to your team, and you said, "You know what? Something's going to happen in the spring. I see you going over a body of water, and I see you doing something regarding the church." I said, "That's it. We're going in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right. We're connected yeah. as one." Well, I know not all of us can go, but we all can be a part of what God is doing. You know, the reason why Jesus came to this earth to die on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we can love him, came to this earth to do all that because there was injustice. There was injustice. And as I said earlier, the foundation of the throne of God is righteousness and justice. And when Jesus died on the cross, when he shed his blood, he made things right. He took what was wrong, and when he said, it is finished, he made it all right. Amen. Jesus resolutely, according to Luke 9, 51, set out out to make right that was wrong. He went into the realm of injustice, the chaos of injustice to make things right. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, if we want to live life and live it to the full, As we fall in love more and more with God each day, as we love our neighbors, we want to be loved. Something happens to our heart. Our heart begins to change, and suddenly our heart sees the injustice of the world, and we want to go into it. Our love compels us. Now, as I look around here at this great church, I know that God has that on many people's hearts. To be a partner with overcoming injustice in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But I want to challenge you today to even go further and wanting to partner with the Lord Jesus Christ, under his lordship, go with him to overcome injustice. Some of you need to pray for those that are going. Some of you need to give for those that are going. Some of you need to come to Pastor David and go, I want to fight injustice. Where can I do it? And I know he's got lots of places here in Moravian Falls where injustice is. And I want to encourage you to do that. But it's going to require courage. And falling in love with God more and more each day, that courage will well up into you and you'll go forth in Jesus' name. Now, I have a video I want to play for you. Let me set it up. It's a a marine video, a marine recruitment video, and they're recruiting men and women who will go into the chaos of tyranny and injustice. At the very end of the video, there's a soldier that looks back at us, and he says, come on! I want that to apply to us. Because Jesus is saying to each and every one of us, if we really want to live life, we're going to overcome our fears because love casts out all fear, and we're going to be following Jesus as he says, Come on. Let's watch it.
0: are a few who move toward the sounds of chaos, ready to respond at a moment's notice. And when the time comes, they are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny, injustice, and despair. They are forged in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the Marines.
3: Amen. Are we not soldiers of the cross? Let's go with Jesus and overcome the tyranny of injustice of this world. Come on, let's go. Let's do it as one. I like Revelation chapter 5. It shows Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. It also shows Jesus as the Lamb of God. Who is worthy to open the seals, Revelation 5? Who can do it? People began to weep because they found no one worthy to open the seals. But then they said, wait. Here comes the lion of the tribe of Judah, the overcomer. And then the next verse, he says, and a lamb that had been slain, looking as if slain, came forth and he was worthy to open the seals. See, we don't go there to kill when we go into injustice. We come overcome, how? By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we love not our lives, even unto death. So we have the courage of the lion of the tribe of Judah. We roar over injustice. But we go as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and say, God, we know that the way to overcome is the way of the cross of Jesus Christ. And God's looking for some men. He's looking for some women to go. Spiritually, some physically, but all to go. Because we go as one. When you do great and mighty things here at, in, in Moravian Falls, where there is injustice, Kathy and I feel we partner with you and we pray with you. We're so thankful that you support us. And we're so thankful for that. And we say, you know, we're one with them. So we're going to pray for the anointing to fall even greater on your pastor, for the anointing to fall corporately over this church. And we're happy to tell you right now, it's really amazing right in this place. I love the worship. I love everybody's heart. I love the prayer that's going on before the service. It's amazing. But let's step it up even more. There's injustice in this world. And Jesus died to overcome injustice. Amen. Amen. Here's some examples of injustice. See if it applies to Moravian Falls. Government oppression, overt demonic activity, poverty, hopelessness, immorality, family dysfunction, financial lack, unfulfilling job or no job, disease, and other health problems. How do we overcome by the blood of the lamb? I see the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring saying, "I defeated this. Who will go with me?" Who will conquer? Who will give their life for many? You know there is a counterfeit lion First Peter five eight says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Let it not be in Moravian Falls. Let it not be in North Wales. Let it not be in the Philippines. This is my only shot at you for North Wales right now, but I really want you to be with us in North Wales. 99% of the people do not know Christ. They think Christianity is irrelevant. And so how are we going to change that? We go knowing that Jesus roars over North Wales. And he says, who will go with me? Who will deny themselves? Who will take up their cross? Who will follow me? Because I love those people. Because he is overcome. We simply need to preach Jesus. We need to preach the love of God. And the more we fall in love with God, the more his anointing rests upon us. And the more we can go in his name. And say, Jesus can heal that. Jesus loves you. He saw what happened when you were a child. He was there. He wept. And now he's come to save you. We go in the power of God, the love of God. And if necessary, we'll use words. Amen. Let's love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. Let's love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's let God change our hearts so that we'll boldly go, as the Star Trekers say, where no man has gone before. Are you familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia? C.S. Lewis, you know, Aslan the lion? I've got a video clip of Aslan the lion. Aslan the Christ-like character and i want us before as we as i sit down in just a minute to have two images in our mind the soldier saying come on that's jesus saying come on and i want you to see how powerful the lion of the tribe of judah is this movie this clip doesn't really show it but it'll put it in your mind and i want you to pay especially when he roars and you see the wicked witch go hm, on her knees, that's what happens. That's what Jesus did when he died on the cross and rose again. Amen. Right, let's go. Let's let's give it a shot. of the tribe of Judah I read a book by a fellow named Levi Lesko who lost his four-year-old daughter to a terrible asthma attack it was real sudden but in this book he talks about having the courage to move on to face your fears The way you face your fears is to fall in love with God. And the more you fall in love with God, the more you know because you know because you know that He is good all the time and all the time He is good. Do you see the lion of the tribe of Judah roaring over Moravian Falls? We see him roaring over North Wales, the Philippines, Kenya, Rwanda. Burkina Faso, he's roaring. And every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Amen. But I want to leave you with this one statement. The only way to truly live, the only way to truly live is to run towards the roar. Let me say that again. The only way to truly live is to run towards the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes. Amen. Let's go together. Let's go together as one. I like this one church deal. I like it. We're one in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would use this challenge to your people whom you love. Use it for your glory. Lord, we go as unprofitable servants, but we go in your name. Glorify your name. Glorify your name. We hear you roaring. We die to you in your ways. In, to ourselves and our ways. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: That's awesome. Thank you. It's a good word. I want to take just a few more minutes and we're going to pray for people because uh, there's a secret to that roar and uh, we need need to know what that is. So I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 10 and one verse, verse 44. Then I want to look at some things and we're going to pray for people because uh, this is to be your moment, okay? I believe that, that God's um, set something up by bringing Mark and Kathy here, but look in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44. I'm seeing the number 44 all the time, 444, and I've told you that. Well, this is one of those 44s that we need, the church needs. If we're going to roar in this hour, verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Let me read that again. Listen to it. While Peter was still speaking, what was happening? The Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. So, first of all, Peter was still preaching. He was still speaking. Say, Peter was still, Peter was still preaching. You can say, hey, these guys are still preaching. Mark and David, they're still preaching. But then what happened? The Holy Spirit did what? He fell. On who? On all those that heard the word. They didn't hear Peter and they didn't hear Mark and David all of a sudden. They heard the word and the Holy Spirit fell. Now, the word fell means to embrace. It means to, to seize. It means to fall upon, lie on, press upon, rest upon. But I like out of all those definitions, I like the word to seize. Now think about this for a moment. What we need in America today is for the Holy Spirit to come again and seize the church, that that the church of America. I'm telling you, in Wales, we need a holy seizure. Does that make sense? We need him to take captive what men have captivated. We need heaven to reclaim what earth tried to claim for itself and uh, you know i was thinking when i was looking at this i was thinking about the image of our our sailors what was it how many sailors 10 or 20 of them or whatever it was i forget with their hands behind their heads on that iranian vessel and uh, i didn't care much for that there was a time in america that would have never been allowed but things have changed. But I was thinking, Lord, that's what we need in the church. We need to surrender afresh and we need the Holy Spirit to seize the church. And I'm telling you, He's going to do it. Now, let me just point out some things in these scriptures. Are you guys with me? All right, then we're going to pray. But uh, Acts chapter 10, let's look first of all in verse 45. Here's how the Holy Spirit relates to the church. You can mark these, it's actually in chapter 10, verse chapter 11, then we'll look over quickly in chapter 13. But it says, first of all, in verse 45, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So first of all, the Holy Spirit comes as a gift. Say "A a gift. Now, in order to receive a gift, you know what you have to do? you have to receive it you have to take it the lord's offering the church in america again a gift we need the holy spirit and power power comes with the holy spirit and there's coming a fresh baptism so the gift now here's some scriptures to confirm that mark or matthew chapter seven ask and it will be given to you seek and you shall find knock and what's going to happen the door will be open. Everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds to him who knocks it will be open. or what man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the, your father give what good things, except if you look over in other scriptures, it says the holy Spirit to them that Ask, So you got to ask. We're going to ask. All right? But they had to receive. Look in verse 47. Here's another. The way we're to re, uh, relate to the Holy Spirit. It says, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit? Now li- listen to this. I remember hearing this many years ago, and it stuck with me. You can take this with you to Wales if you want to. But he said, The sin this famous theologian, Say a famous theologian. I don't know who he was, but it sure sounded good. He said the sin of the Old Testament was the rejection of God the Father. That makes sense? They rejected God. The sin of the New Testament was the rejection of Jesus the Son. How many of you see that? Right? He said the sin of today is the rejection of God the Holy Spirit. And those who rejected the Father are those who would have rejected the Son are those rejecting the Holy Spirit. I tell you, God, forgive us in America where we've in any way rejected or resisted the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with me? You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the Holy Spirit. You can commit blasphemy. We don't want any of that. We want to say, come again, Holy Spirit. Now look over in chapter 11. Here's another way that we relate. Verse 12. 11 verse 12. He says, Then the Spirit told me, or told me to go with them, doubting nothing. We need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You, listen, my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. You can hear the Holy Spirit. He may whisper to you. He may shout. He may roar. It doesn't matter. How many of you know it doesn't matter how it comes? If you hear, you know you hear. Sometimes people say, I wonder if it was the Holy Spirit. You probably wasn't. No, maybe it might have been. You know, maybe. You know, just that unbelief. But I'm telling you, when you hear, you know that you've heard. And we're going to know again that we've really heard. And then in verse 15 of that same chapter. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell. Upon those, there it is. He fell upon them, he seized them. I'm not just preaching this to whistle Dixie, I'm believing God's gonna do it. All right, I'm gonna ask Him to do it. I'm believing God. It's Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Now, look in this 11, chapter 11, verse 16. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how He said, John indeed baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know many say they have been baptized, maybe, and, and I believe many have. We need it to happen again in this hour. We need a fresh Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now understand, you cannot be saved but by the Spirit. We know that. There's the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. There's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there's also the endowment of power. And on every assignment that we're given, we need a fresh endowment of power. We need a great baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church in America needs the Holy Spirit to fall again on us. I'm thinking, God, how are we going to have a great awakening? How are we going to have revival? Lord, have you not read the news lately? Do you know how, not how dark it's getting? Of course, he knows all of this stuff. But if he sends the Holy Spirit again on the churches of America, I'm telling you, you had not seen anything yet. You think the darkness is big? Our God is much, much bigger. And the church is going to rise up in that. We need Acts 11:15. 15. You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What happens when you're baptized with the Spirit? Some of you, it's going to happen for the first time today. You say, well, am I going to speak in tongues? Probably. Maybe not at first, but most probably sooner or later. I was a good Baptist. I didn't know anything about this. They prayed for me. I didn't pray in tongues at first I didn't know anything about that the first thing that came into my life was boldness but then later on God snuck up on me I told you and I'm gonna tell you this I don't know if you heard it but I was at a Billy Graham gathering up at Wheaton College I used to go to Wheaton for these conferences and things and I had a roommate who was a Church of Christ pastor didn't how many of you remember this story some of you do some of you don't I can tell you again That's great. I'm glad you don't remember everything. But anyway, we woke up, and this Church of Christ pastor says, David, I didn't know you spoke in tongues. I rebuked him. I said, what are you talking about? I rebuked you. you?" He said, man, you were speaking in tongues in your sleep all night long. He said, I couldn't sleep. I kept rolling over. I'd put the pillow on my head. I couldn't. You were praying in tongues. Are you kidding me? I said, are you kidding me? What they told me was not true. It's real. I found it, and I'm never going to lose it. And I'm telling you. Now, I've been praying a whole bunch in tongues lately. But I got set straight the other day. I was in Rich Crest. That's where I was called to preach many, many years ago. And I keep going back there, and I've told you the story. Every single time they put me in this room that overlooks where I knelt down. And, and this time not only did they put me in the same room, I don't know how many times I've been, they put me in this room where I can see where I knelt down that night, but the cross on the hill was in the background. So I had the cross, the place that I remember when I knelt down as a 19-year-old boy. But anyway, I met these guys. They were doing a conference at Ridgecrest and he was from Ukraine and he's in 20 nations and he's a Ukrainian Reinhard Bonnke I'm telling you this guy is amazing only 36 years old I we're gonna get him here he's on fire for God and he wanted me to pray for him I wanted to meet them because I saw man the Holy Spirit was breaking out there at Ridgecrest and uh, so I said, I got to meet this guy the leader of this ministry And uh, so I was able to meet with him, and he wanted me to pray for him. And I I wanted him to pray for me, but I was praying for him. And then I I said, man, one thing, he said, you know, what would you encourage me? And I said, I'd encourage you to pray in tongues often. He said, I pray in tongues eight hours every day. I said, man, you have gone. listen, you don't need my advice. You just keep doing what you're doing, young man. And God's going to give you nations. He's going to do something incredible. So you'll speak in tongues. You'll get bold. And, but I'm telling you, you, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then there'll be many in fillings. Look in chapter 11, verse 24. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit. There's one baptism, but many in fillings. How many of you know we're leaky vessels? We leak. We should leak out. That's why you have to go back. Ephesians 5.18 says, be ye filled with the Spirit. It means keep on being filled constantly, every day. I'm sure I miss a few days, but since that became real to me every day, I say, oh God, give me a fresh filling of the Spirit. How many of you do that? I need it every day, and you do too. And then in chapter 13, verse 4, another way that we relate to the Holy Spirit. It says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit. You guys are being sent out by the Spirit. Listen, you and I are being sent out. We want to not just be those who went. We want to be those who are sent. And when the Holy Spirit sends you, you have everything you need to accomplish the purpose for which you've been sent. And then again in chapter 13 and verse 9, again it just reminds us, then Saul, who also is called Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Say filled with the Spirit. And then you'll see that he confronted the sorcerer, a son of the devil. How are we going to confront this darkness in this hour? We're going to confront it being full of the Holy Spirit. And then there's one more thing of how, and there's probably many, many more things, but back in chapter 10 and verse 38, Jesus, how God anointed Jesus. Say anointed. Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all, say all, all who were oppressed by the devil. And then it ends up because God was with him. Now, what's the context of all this? Man, this is a quickie message, isn't it? I like quickie sometimes. As long as God does what he says he's going to do, I don't care if it's longy or quickie. We just need God. What's the context? Listen to this. You guys with me? You can read this later on. I, I won't scare you too much right now, but I'll go ahead and read it anyway. Chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them stood up named Agabus, He stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar Then it says the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren. In other words, they began to make preparation. Folks, when I look at the stock market, when I look at the price of oil, if you just a little bit look at the news, did you know I saw this week there is some kind of, I can't remember the name of it, but it's some index that, yes, some dry index. What is it? Baltic Dry Index, it shows you what shipping across the world is receiving, how much money, with the profit. And as you look at that graph, most of the ships are in dock. They're not because they're losing money. It costs money to start shipping goods and services around the world. And we read one report. It said basically that consumer buying in the world has stopped. Now listen, we're living in a critical time. It's an amazing time, but I'm telling you, if you have the anointing, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're not in a famine. God's people will not be in a famine. We're going to have an abundance. When everybody else is running out, they're going to run to us because we have more than we've ever known we had because our God is enough. Say he's enough. enough. So there was famine, but what else was going on? We'll look in chapter 12, 1 through 4. Now, about that time, Herod came, and he was harassing them. And then in verse 2, then he killed James. Then in verse 3, he seized Peter. And then it says in verse 4, so when he had arrested him. So there's harassment, there's killing, there's arresting, there's seizing. That sounds like a lot of bad stuff to me. Sounds like persecution is on the rise. Sounds like all kinds of unbelievable stuff. And then chapter 12, verses 21 through verse 23, and we see the example of Herod, and we see how he was a wicked leader, and he was really laying the glory or claiming the glory for himself. But in the midst of all this, famine, persecution, harassment, wicked leadership, look in verse 24. But the word of God, what? What? Grew and multiplied now what was the key what was the key to all this you see sometimes we just pick a verse out but we don't read it in context if you understand the context of these scripture and what was happening Acts chapter 10 verse 44 said when they were Peter was still preaching still speaking the Holy Spirit what he fell what does it mean Rest on, lie upon, come, whatever. But it means to seize. I like that better than all. And it's almost, if you look at it, it's almost a violent seizure. Now, I've always been told the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. How many of you else have been told that? I understand maybe all that's true. I understand. But listen, we are not, we are open. We are inviting. We are getting in a position. We are not grieving. Okay. We say, Come, Holy Spirit. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the church in America needs it. And I'm telling you, God is ready to do it. Say, God is ready. Listen, it's not about what we have, it's about what heaven has. Because we're running out of what we have. This is a divine setup. It's a divine opportunity for God to show the church that he is more than we have ever heard that, or even thought or even attempted to believe that he is. And so that's our prayer this morning. So I'm going to pray it. If you want to receive, I want you to stand. And we're going to pray. Maybe we should just you know, I mean, I'm serious about this. Acts 10:44. I kept seeing 44. I thought it was Isaiah 44, and maybe it is. But I was saying, God, let it be. Acts 10:44. Let it be. So why don't we just take care of anywhere we've grieved Him, anywhere we quenched, any way we've we've uh, resisted. Is that a good idea? Can we? You know, the blood of Jesus covers everything. How many of you know that? So let's just ask, Father. Hey, let's just pray together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for any time that I have grieved the Holy Spirit, that I have quenched the Holy Spirit, that I have resisted the Holy Spirit in any way, in an action or a thought, in Jesus' name, I come to you you, and I confess my sin sin, and I ask you to forgive me me, and cleanse me. And And now I ask you, Father, for a fresh outpouring, fresh fresh anointing, fresh fresh baptism baptism of the Holy Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, Upon my life, Upon my life. Fall, on fall on me, on my family, on, my family. on our church, on, our church. On, the on the churches of America. We can't do it, can. but you can, but you can. And, our you. and our trust is in you. Send the Holy Spirit, Send the Holy Spirit. one more time, one more time. To, America. to America, to the churches of our land, the our to God. Wales. God. To all over the earth. earth. Come Holy Spirit. Spirit. Seize the moment. moment. And seize your people. Seize the church. Seize Seize me. me. I receive you by faith. faith. Thank you Lord. Lord. For the gift of the Holy Spirit. For For the the promise of the Holy Spirit. For the voice of the Holy Spirit. I will hear the Holy Spirit and I will obey the Holy Spirit. And you said, Father, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much would you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so by faith, I receive. In the name of Jesus. By faith. By faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Come Holy Spirit. Now here's what we got to do. In the New Testament, they laid hands. It was a stirring up. It was a confirmation. It, and so if you want... Now some of you, you're baptized in the Spirit. So I just believe you received a fresh anointing fresh, empowering. I know people get caught up. Does it mean anointed, outpouring, baptism, infilling? I don't care about that stuff. I don't care. We don't care. Listen, there's all kinds of terminology. All I know is we need heaven to pour out on us. That's all I know. We need what God has. We need an outpouring. So come, Holy Spirit. But if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Today is your day. I got some guys that are going to join me. Come on up. I got some prayer team guys. We're going to have prophetic ministry over on the side in just a moment. But uh, if you want the baptism of the Spirit, come. We're going to pray. Heaven's going to break out. You're going to find things totally turned upside down in your life like I did when I went to that retreat in Wheaton, Illinois, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So come on up here, guys, and receive. If you even doubt that you have the Holy Spirit, a fresh baptism, come. We're going to pray. Turn, put some music in over there, and let's just pray and turn this place into an absolutely rip-roaring, because when the Holy Spirit breaks out, human spirits lie down in the name of Jesus. So God bless you guys. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. Come.